0: Welcome to House of David Ministries. I'm Pastor Eric Michael Teitelman. Join me as we learn about the rich heritage of our Christian faith. In each episode, we explore a unique topic that will deepen your knowledge of Christ and who we are as his people. In this episode, we will see how all the kingdoms of this world are under the dominion of darkness and how the division in this nation is God's sovereign judgment executed by the prince of darkness himself. Yeshua said in Matthew 12, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? Yeshua was speaking to the Jewish leaders in this verse, the Pharisees, but notice he said every kingdom, so he was not just speaking of Israel. There are two kingdoms in this world, the kingdom of light belonging to Yeshua and the kingdom of darkness under Satan's dominion. In discerning this, we must not mistakenly believe that these are two equally opposing forces. Believing in this idea of two equally opposing forces is called dualism, and it originates from ancient Near East mythology. It exists in Pythagorean, Confucianism, and Neoplatonism, and it has worked its way into Western Christian culture. These views are Hellenistic in nature and are antithetical to Scripture and Hebraic thought. Why is that? Well, because Satan is a created being, and he is nowhere close to equal with God. He does have great power that God has given him, but his power is finite and is constrained. In Hebraic thinking, Satan is ultimately subordinate to God, and he can do nothing unless God wills for it to happen. Even at the end of the age when Satan is given a kingdom for a short season, God always remains in control. We read in Revelation 17, it says, For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind, and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. Satan's greatest weapon has always been deception. He has other tools, but this by far is his most effective controlling influence. Now, Yeshua called him a murderer and the father of lies. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11, For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. But there is no light or truth in him. Satan is a dark angel. He has silenced the prophets who spoke God's truth and continues to lie to humanity on many levels. Paul warned us to take up the shield of faith in which we would be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. These fiery darts are Satan's lies and deception, which we extinguish by believing God's truth, his written word. Truth is God's light that overcomes the darkness of our enemy. And let us remember that Satan cannot make us sin like our brother Job. He can only tempt us to do so with God's permission. So therefore we read in James chapter 1, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when He is drawn away by His own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. James is clear. Without the freedom to choose what is right over evil, there can be no moral accountability. God is vindicated. Satan remains God's instrument of judgment, and we, humanity, created in the image of God, are held accountable and judged accordingly. Except for the blood of Christ, all would perish under God's wrath. Maimonides, one of the great sages, writes that the word Satan derives from the Hebrew root to turn away, meaning he turns people away from God. The term Hasatan, the Satan, in Hebrew translates as the one who resists or opposes God, the adversary. So therefore, Satan is regarded as a heavenly prosecutor and is called the accuser of our brethren. In Greek, he is called Apollyon, taken from the Hebrew Abaddon, meaning doom or destruction, and the archangel of the abyss. The Semitic root and verb Abad means to perish. In Jewish mysticism, Satan is called Samael, the great demon, and the one who rules over the demonic realm, the Sitra Achra, which means the other side. Once again, in Jewish thought, Satan is an agent or instrument of God, one the Lord uses to bring His divine retributions and judgments. Satan is not an autonomous and equal force that is opposed to God. He is a created being, and God controls His creation. So therefore, he is viewed as God's angel of judgment. This reinforces the messianic understanding that all the judgments in the book of Revelation are orchestrated by Yeshua himself. And these include the four angels of destruction unleashed upon the earth. There can be no distinction between the wrath of Satan and the wrath of God. They are the same. Hence, my belief in the church's pre-tribulation rapture as we, the church, are not subject to God's wrath or His condemnation. So here is an example in the Bible. We see God using Satan to judge Israel in the book of 2 Samuel and 1 Chronicles. The Jewish people had committed evil in the Lord's eyes, even under the divine guise of a righteous leader, King David. We read in 1 Chronicles chapter 21, it says, Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. And God was displeased with this thing, therefore he struck Israel. So David said to God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing, but now I pray, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. The story reveals a great paradox. Here we see a righteous king who serves a righteous God is moved by Satan, God's adversary to bring God's moral judgment on a rebellious and sinful people. And comparably, God also used unrighteous kings to bring his righteous judgments upon the Jewish people. So therefore, it doesn't really matter who is our king. God always remains in control of everything. Just as we read in Proverbs 21, it says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Satan does, however, have a kingdom with limited authority, and it is called the kingdom of darkness. Satan is also the prince of the power of the air and the spirit of this world who now works in the sons of disobedience. Yeshua spoke with these harsh words against the Jewish leaders who rejected him, saying in John 8, You are of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. He was telling us that we can only serve one king in one kingdom. Just as we read in Matthew 6, it says no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. There is a spiritual picture of Satan's earthly kingdom in the Bible. When he took Yeshua up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, he said to him in Matthew 4, All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. This verse affirms that Satan, to a degree, has dominion over the kingdoms of the earth, all of them. Presently, Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. And while he forever makes intercession for us before the Father, defending us with his blood against the accuser of our souls, he will remain at this place until he soon returns to destroy Satan's kingdom And establish his eternal one. Yeshua will then destroy both the spirits of darkness who dwell in the lower heavens and the sons of darkness who live on the earth below. Yeshua said in John 8, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. And so for us who are now in Christ, we are on assignment in this world. We are ambassadors of Christ sojourning with him and living in tents and temporary shelters, with nowhere to lay our heads or find permanent rest. This world is not yet our home. And still Yeshua said in John 17, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Here in John 17, Yeshua prayed for our protection and has not left us as orphans, because he sent us the Holy Spirit. Everywhere we go, we bring the kingdom of God with us. But the kingdom is not yet here on earth. For now, the nations remain under the dominion of the kingdom of darkness. This includes Israel, the United States, and all the other countries. And also the systems in place over the nations, such as our economic, political, social, our educational, media, all of these remain under darkness. Satan's limited and temporary dominion does not preclude God's sovereign and individually directed divine providence of his ongoing contact with his created beings. In other words, God is always in control of his creation. Just as Yeshua said in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Here is another example of biblical prophecy fulfilled. The Lord sovereignly reestablished the nation of Israel in 1948. So did he also allow for this nation's formation, the United States of America, when its founders made an albeit fallible covenant with God to build the new free world on God's rule of law found in our Judeo-Christian heritage? I believe that he did. Again, God has never left his throne and Satan is merely his instrument. But we do need to understand what the Lord is currently allowing to unfold in this nation. America is deeply divided, and in the words of Yeshua, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. So therefore we need to ask the Lord, are we seeing your divine judgments in the form of division? And will this division bring us, this nation, America, to desolation if we do not repent as a nation? Well, quite likely. America right now is divided over racial issues and political differences. And because dualistic philosophy is pervasive in Western culture, many Christians see these conflicts as part of an ongoing battle between light and darkness. Those who attach themselves to biblical values, such as protecting the lives of unborn children, are on the right side. And those who support abortion are on the dark side. This has led many conservative Christians to believe that the Republican Party somehow represents the light side and the Democrats the dark one. But if we take the time to read the Democratic Party platform, we might discover a more empathetic response to those in our society who have been oppressed and disenfranchised, including immigrants and minority communities. The Lord commanded Israel, in Exodus 22, You shall neither mistreat a stranger nor oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. In a satire found on YouTube about the Republican Party, Jesus is seen carrying a young child in his arms, saying, Whoever welcomes one of these little ones in my name might be letting in a murder or a drug. Then he hands her off to another man, saying, Let's get her to a detention center. Now you might be thinking, that's not an accurate portrayal of the Republican Party platform. But I quote here from their language. It says, Our immigration system must protect American working families and their wages, for citizens and legal immigrants alike, in a way that will improve the economy. Now, I don't think this is what the Lord meant when he said, You shall neither mistreat a stranger nor oppress him. The platform's language is written to protect American citizens and legal immigrants. But more, its primary focus is on safeguarding wages and improving the U.S. economy. So how have we treated those who we classify as illegal or unwelcome? Well, certainly not according to God's rule of law. And ironically, this segment of the platform is titled, Immigration and the Rule of Law. The U.S. economy and the wages of American citizens have benefited for decades from exploited illegal farm labor. Hypocrites we are. While the Democratic Party is more empathetic towards immigrants, they've also adopted language that openly supports the murder of the unborn through legalized, unrestrained abortion. And sadly, 54% of women who have had abortions in the United States profess to be Protestant or Catholic, and 37% say they attend a church on a regular monthly basis. This isn't a condemnation, it's just a fact. This leaves Bible-believing Christians with a problem. Neither party, Democrat or Republican, truly represents the values of Christ's kingdom. And while the United States is a comfortable and free nation to live in, it would be dangerous for us to elevate our Constitution on par with the Bible or falsely believe we are somehow now living in the kingdom of God. Going back to Yeshua's words, we should understand that all nations are presently under the dominion of darkness. And seeing the division in America, we should also conclude that Satan's demonic forces are active in God's judgment to humble this nation. One destructive power is the spirit of greed and materialism. And the other is a secular humanist spirit that places our hope in government and science and not in our Creator. The wake of this divisive conflict will leave a path of destruction that without national repentance returning to the Lord will bring this nation to complete desolation. As Christians, our hope is not in anything of this world, for our kingdom is not of it. As we read in Hebrews 12, it says, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven, Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. While this scripture speaks to the end of our age, we also know that these shakings will begin and intensify as we move closer to it. And they are called birth pangs. But amid these difficulties, Yeshua gave us hope when he said in Luke 21, Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. It is natural for us to want to fix what is broken, and this nation is reeling with dysfunction. But there is tremendous deception on both sides republican and democrat who believe we can improve the world through government and science and not by turning in repentance to the lord some believe that conservative and maybe even biblical laws will fix america not so only the spirit of god can save us and the foundation must be built from the ground up and what i mean by that is that when the hearts of men and women in this nation return to the lord they will in turn elect righteous leaders who will stand with Christ and govern according to his rule of law and not man's. We must continue to pray for our government leaders and all who are in authority. And we must understand God's sovereignty over this nation to bring his good blessings of his redemptive judgments. Just as we read in Romans 13, it says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. So therefore, let us not be distracted by the political changes occurring in the world, but let us steadfastly and with laser focus keep the prize in our sight and this prize being to share the good news of the gospel and bring as many as are willing into the soon coming kingdom of God. Just as Yeshua instructed us in Matthew 28, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you have enjoyed this teaching from House of David Ministries, make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. We pray the Lord richly bless you and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.